Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. With Robo Hair. Sprite Castle. Hello and welcome to Sprite Castle, the show in which we play, discuss, and review Commodore 64 games. My name is Rob Flack O'Hara, and on this episode of Sprite Castle, we will be discussing the classic football game Fourth and Inches. Before we get started with this episode's game, let's check the Daily Sun for this week's Paperboy headlines. I got a little bit of feedback from the last show. Uh, Rick Reynolds sent me a message and said that he could feel his IQ dropping uh, during the McDonald's rapping segment. And, um, uh, of course, that was during the episode with Break Street and the uh, commercial, the McDonald's commercial with the Chicken McNuggets rapping and dressed like uh, break dancers. And I agree with Rick. <laughs> um, it, it, that never seemed like a good combination, not McDonald's specifically, but... Um, you know, we always see in media, we see whatever fads are going on, uh, brought into commercials and televisions and thing. And that was a tough sell, uh, break dancing and, and rapping were, uh, you know, street performed art in a lot of cases. Um, you know, if you watch, uh, uh, like the breaking, uh, and beat street, those movies, you can see the, um, it's more of a us versus them, like we're the kids doing this new type of art and the adults don't understand it, that sort of thing. So it's always kind of weird when uh, that gets adopted by uh, big corporations, you know. Uh, it never seems genuine, although I don't know the best way to dress up Chicken McNuggets, but having them dressed in uh, hip-hop gear and rapping <laughs> just doesn't seem um, uh, like it would give McDonald's street cred, let's say. Uh, I also got a voicemail uh, from Tommy Rom, who said that he enjoyed the show uh, and that uh, he hopes that it keeps going on for a long time. And I hope the same thing, Tommy. I hope uh, to keep recording these for a long time. I'll be honest with you. Um, the thing about Sprite Castle that I enjoy the most is the fact that it makes me dig through my hundreds and hundreds and thousands of uh, game images that are out there for the Commodore 64 and pick the ones that I'm familiar with that I played as a kid that I enjoyed playing and play them again, you know, and, and sometimes occasionally I'm going to, uh, you know, I've, I've had some requests come in from uh, different games or for uh, games that I'm maybe not as familiar with and I plan on playing those as well and doing episodes about those, so... That is uh, the thing that I enjoy the most about this show is that it gets me, you know, it's a, it's an excuse to play those old games again and talk about them and, and really dig in and find information about it. So, um, you know, it gives you a reason to do it. So I enjoy that. Uh, on news, let's see what we have here. First of all, I just appeared on the latest episode of No Quarter Podcast. That is episode 123. And it is titled The Arcade Draft 2. They had an Arcade Draft 1, which I was invited to, but unfortunately I was traveling for work and couldn't attend. But I was able to get on uh, the Arcade Draft 2. And on the Arcade Draft episodes of No Quarter, everyone who's on the show picks um, five arcade games that belong to a secret theme. So it's like a little mini arcade with a theme. Uh, 
along with the normal hosts, that's uh, Mike McGinnis and Carrington Vanson. I was also on the show with uh, Quinn Dunkey, um, and I'll have links to these in the show notes, but um, Quinn is uh, super cool. She's definitely one of those people that um, uh, is keeping the retro hobby alive by uh, doing projects, and um, in fact, I, I just checked her website uh, earlier in the week, and she has been working on uh, adding a basically taking an Apple II C, which was already um, the portable quote unquote version of the Apple II. It's the one that has a built in handle and a built in disk drive, and adding uh, a foldable top to the top of uh, that computer that has an LCD monitor inside. It's really cool stuff. Um, and uh, who else? Oh, uh, Jeff from Vintage Volts was on the show. And Vintage Volts, if you've not been to vintagevolts.com, there's a lot of people. Uh, that are in the, let's say, retro hobby. Uh, I mean, as far as uh, computers and games go, that talk about, a lot of people talk about the software and a few people talk about the hardware. Um, but um, Jeff is into all, more than just computers and consoles. He has uh, pictures of, uh, you know, old uh, ghetto blasters and old, uh, uh, you know, TVs and things like that. He has all kinds of cool stuff on uh, Vintage Volt. So all of us were on the show. Uh, so definitely be sure to check out the latest episode of No Quarter. It was really, really fun to do and fun to listen to. As you're listening, you can try to guess the secret themes that each of us uh, had going on. And now let's get into some Commodore 64 specific news. Uh, first of all, there is a new game that I just read about called Zombie Terror, um, and I will add a link to that to the show notes. Um, I just downloaded it the other day and played it a little bit last night, and it's not great. <laughs> it sounds like a bad review. Uh, I feel bad for saying that. Um, but, I mean, it's okay. You know what I mean? But I'll tell you what I like more about it than the actual game is um, it's. it looks to me like it's just written in basic and it's a, uh, a game where you, you know, you just type north, south, east, west. You're roaming around this island. There's two parts to it. Um, and you fight zombies. I started fighting zombies with a baseball bat, and now I'm fighting them with a gun. And I haven't got very far in the game. But um, I just like uh, the fact that people are still writing games for the Commodore 64, and there's a whole bunch of them out there. And I will try to mention one or two of them uh, on each episode, you know, as I see them or whatever. I try to make note. But um, uh, so – and maybe I like it more for uh, – what it stands for than what it actually is, you know, but it's, it's been fun. I spent, Oh, an hour playing through it last night. And, um, uh, so I enjoyed it for that reason. So I'll add a link to it. And if, um, you have a, uh, you know, if you're, if you're playing Commodore 64 games, of course you think, Oh, there's all these classic games and stuff like that, but there are new titles being released and old titles that are just now being, uh, rediscovered and, and cracked and released and things like that. So there's still new stuff to play on these old systems. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, uh, game base 64. If you don't follow game base 64 GB 64, it is the definitive collection of Commodore 64 software. And, uh, game base 64 version 13 has just been released. Now, if you go to GB 64.com, they don't, uh, have a, a link where you can download the entire game base. But if you have, uh, 
places in the underworld <laughs> where you find such things like torrent sites or Usenet or or wherever you find things like that, you can probably just search for Game Base 64 um, version 13, and it is uh, massively large. I believe it. Uh, uh, if you download everything, it's not just the game images, but there's manuals and game advertisements and documentation and, and applications and uh, music collections, everything you would ever want. Um, uh, it's all in one place. And if you check out the show notes, you might find a secret link hidden there uh, that might direct you to what you are looking for. Uh, I also found a link for Virtual C64, which is a Commodore 64 emulator for Macintosh. I personally use WinVice, which is a port of Vice, uh, the Vice emulator, Commodore 64 emulator for Windows. Um, I know that Vice has been ported to lots and lots of different systems. Uh, there's a Linux port. There's, um, I believe Vice is what comes on, uh, uh, Pi Mame and, and those other builds for the Raspberry Pi, and uh, it's been ported to Android and just about everything. So, Vice is the one that I'm most familiar with, but I've had uh, a couple of Macintosh uh, listeners who, uh, for one reason or another, had some troubles with Vice. So, uh, if you are a Mac owner and you are looking for a good Commodore 64 emulator, Give Virtual C64 a try, and if you do try it and it works out, let me know how it works, and I will uh, share that information with listeners in the future. I have two more links here, and they are both uh, links to YouTube videos, and so I will include those links as well in the show notes. But uh, the first one is for, um, there's a new channel that's been set up. I say it's new. It's new to me. I just discovered it, and it is a uh, collection of stereo uh, SID songs. Now, as you know, the Commodore 64, you may know, uh, was not a stereo computer. It did have the three-voice SID chip, but uh, people have created stereo cartridges that use two SID chips. Now, if you haven't hacked your Commodore 64 and put two SID chips in there or done other things, then uh, you may never have heard the stereo version uh, or the six-voice version of some of these songs. And so what someone has done is created a YouTube page uh, and played all these in uh, all their stereo glory. So instead of having to, if you don't have that capability of playing uh, stereo SID songs, you could go over to this YouTube page and uh, listen to the songs there. It's pretty cool. I spent some time uh, the other day listening to uh, some of the tracks, and they just sounds they just sound so great, you know. And, and not only just in stereo, but doubling the amount of voices uh, on the Commodore, you can really get some great sound out of it. The other uh, link that I saw, actually, I just saw it uh, last night, is a beta version of the arcade Laserdisc version of Dragon's Lair running on a Commodore 64. Now, um, there are a lot of tricks <laughs> in being used to get this to work. Uh, the first thing I read is that um, that you'll have to have the, in one way or another, you'll have to have an extended uh, memory. You'll have to have 16 megs of RAM on your Commodore 64 to be able to play this. Um, now if you have an ultimate 1541, you should be able to do it that way. Um, I believe WinVice also supports, um, the extended memory modules, or you may just have, uh, what's it called? The REI, REU, REI, um, I think it's REU, um, regardless. Uh, so there are ways to do it, but, uh, a stock Commodore 64 is not going to be able to play, uh, Dragon's Lair. And also in the video, there's, uh, 
these breaks in between every scene and it says something about inserting disks. So I don't know if they're having to manually uh, change disk images for each scene or if the, the prototype itself is doing that. I don't know. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch this project, see, uh, see it develop. Uh, it's kind of neat to see. So anyway, uh, you can check out the links to that in the show notes. Now let's get on to this episode's King of the Castle. The King of the Castle for this week's episode is Rob Snyder. I am your king. No, we had a king. Rob was the first person to correctly identify the closing music of the last episode, which was Queen's I Want to Break Free. See, it was about breakdancing. It was Break Street. And so it was Queen breaking free. So there's always a connection there. And um, I may have to start making them more difficult because people are guessing them very, very quickly. So we'll see what's at the end of uh, this episode. So if you would like to become a king of the castle for an entire episode, all you have to do is listen to the closing music at the end of each episode and identify it. Uh, now, as I said on the last episode, it will not... Uh, be from the game, but it will be related somehow to either the title of the game or the theme of the game uh, or something to that effect. So it, it may be a little tricky, <laughs> but uh, I have no doubt you guys will figure it out. So anyway, those are this week's headlines brought to you by my local paper boy who just crashed his bicycle into the side of my wife's car. Boy, what a headache. Now that we've covered this week's news, let's discuss this week's snack. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Talking snack. This week's game is football, and when I think of football, I think of two things. I think of beer, and I think of Rotel cheese dip. Uh, my mom used to always make cheese dip whenever we watched football. Uh, as a family, whenever we were kids, we didn't watch a lot of football, but um, that 84, 85 season of the Chicago Bears, that was a big football year for my family, uh, my dad being from Chicago. So we watched a lot of football that year, and uh, of course I grew up in Oklahoma, home of the Oklahoma Sooners, OU, Boomer Sooner, and uh, so when we watched OU games, it seems like we always had Rotel cheese dip around, so... Uh, the other night when I was playing this uh, game, Fourth and Inches, I made some cheese dip, and I also got some beer, some Budweiser, because Budweiser, for some reason, when you look back for uh, Super Bowl ads about beer, uh, there always are those Budweiser ads. And for the last several years, they've been those sappy ads with uh, you know the Clydesdale horses and the dog and no talking and stuff, and that's terrible for podcasts because you can't play a commercial where there's no talking, but... Uh, and I didn't want to play the old uh, Budweiser Frogs commercial. But then I thought, you know, uh, what I remember is those uh, ads, if you remember them, the Real Men of Genius ads for Budweiser. And I found one about football, and it is uh, oddly related to this game. So let's go ahead and play that real quick. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Every year you assemble your closest friends to prepare for another season in the knockdown, dragout world of make believe football. Fourth and inches. You were born with the one skill every manager needs to play fantasy football. 
Absolutely no skill playing real football. Not so good at catching. Imaginary catches. Imaginary touchdowns. Next up, an imaginary score with an imaginary woman. Good imagination. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, oh Swami of the sidelines. You may come in dead last, but you're always first with us. Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Not sure if you heard that in there, but uh, in the commercial, they uh, mentioned fourth and inches. And so that brings us to this episode's game. Fourth and inches was published for the Commodore 64 in 1987 by Accolade. It is a game for one or two players that uses joystick controls. Sports and video games have always gone hand-in-hand. Hand. One of the earliest video games I remember personally seeing was the Atari football game. That was the black-and-white uh, game where you literally controlled X's and O's with a trackball. I remember uh, the battle between Atari 2600 and Intellivision, where they would compare who had the best sports titles. Um, there are lots of sports games for every system. Uh, the NES... I specifically remember uh, Techno Bowl. Uh, my neighbor had Double Dribble and Fast Break basketball games and so on. You know, So sports games have always been a big part of uh, video games and computer games as well. After loading fourth and inches, you'll be greeted on the title screen with a large football that says fourth and inches by Accolade. Now, Accolade was founded in 1984 by Alan Miller and Bob Whitehead. Uh, you may be familiar with those names. They both came from Activision. In fact, they were um, founding members of Activision. Uh, and a funny fact, which I did not know. Uh, is that uh, one of the ways that they came up with the name Activision or one of the reasons they chose that name is because alphabetically it comes before Atari. Uh, and so when uh, Bob Whitehead and Alan Miller left uh, Activision to form Accolade, they wanted a uh, title or a company name that alphabetically came before Activision, <laughs> which is one of the ways uh, that they decided on Accolade. Uh, what's even funnier about that is later on, there were a couple of other companies that were also formed by former uh, Activision employees, and those included Acclaim, which comes alphabetically before Accolade, <laughs> and then Absolute Entertainment, which comes before them all. It's AB. So uh, anyway, there was a whole battle as to uh, who whose company would come first alphabetically. Who knew? Uh, Accolade was a very successful video game company. MobyGames.com says there were 144 different Accolade titles. 
Uh, and the first of those is Fourth and Inches. They released um, games for 26 different platforms, from the 3DO to the ZX Spectrum. Uh, their first game listed is from 1984, and their last game listed is from 2014. Um, they were, at least in the early days, known for sports titles, which included Fast Break, uh, which was a basketball game, and, of course, Hardball, which was a famous baseball game. And so Fourth and Inches is um, similar in the way that it runs uh, to Hardball. Obviously, it's a football game, <laughs> but it does have some similarities uh, 1999 Accolade was acquired by Infograms, who then changed their name to Atari. So there is some irony there that the founders of Accolade were guys that had left Atari uh, to form Activision and had left Activision to form Accolade and eventually ended up working again for, uh, well, I think these guys were, were already gone by then, but uh, eventually full circle came back to become Atari again in 2003. I tried to do a little bit of more research on Accolade, and so I went to Accolade.com, which takes you to a healthcare company. <laughs> so I, t I don't guess uh, Accolade.com has a uh, official web presence anymore. Uh, Fourth and Inches was designed by Bob Whitehead, as I mentioned, uh, he's formerly of Activision. He was a founder in 1979, and he founded Accolade in 1984 with Alan Miller. Uh, Bob White had also designed Hardball. Uh, if you're old school, he designed Chopper Command and Stampede, and he programmed uh, boxing and skiing and football and home run, lots of old classic uh, Atari 2600 games. Uh, also on the title screen, it says music by Ed Bogus. Um, I looked up Ed Bogus. Uh, he did lots of music for lots of games, including Gran Turismo 4, Road Riot, Four Wheel Drive, uh, lots of different Tetris titles. Um, and he also worked uh, uh, with Bob Whitehead on Hardball and Law of the West, which is another classic game that I'm sure we will be covering on Sprite Castle sooner than later. Past the title screen, we get to the menu screen, and this is where you get to set up the game by default. Uh, the game is uh, five, set up for five minutes per quarter. You can change that to 10 or 15 minutes per quarter if you uh, are a masochist. <laughs> I don't know why else you would choose that. Uh, you can choose which side the computer is going to play. There are two teams, uh, the All-Pro and the Champs. And so you can choose which side you would like the computer to be and which side you would like to be. Or you can choose uh, two players. There is no zero-player uh, option. There were some games at the time where you could choose zero players uh, and have the, the game just play itself. But there's no option for that here uh, in Fourth and Inches. Once you have made those selections, the game will begin. Uh, it was noted that... Uh, I found this fact on giantbomb.com, which is a uh, good website for game information, a bad one to read in airports. <laughs> uh, the jokes just come out, folks. Uh, it says it's an American football game designed by Bob Whitehead. It is the first game of this type to introduce the play calling mechanic, which is very interesting because when you play this game, uh, even though it's so old, I mean, it's 1987, the 
the and and it's a very simplistic version of what we're familiar with today if you've played modern football games like Madden and and NBA 2 or not NBA but uh, NFL 2K you know any of those type of games where you choose an offense or defense and based on what you pick then you you drill down further into your play so it seems very familiar to us now but at the time apparently this was uh one of the first or the first game that used uh that mechanic uh, the view is from the side of the field, so you're um, in the sidelines, and it's a slight perspective view. The the uh, lines that run across that show the yardage are just at a slight angle, uh, with one team on the left and one on the right. Uh, the top 80% of the screen, roughly, is the game, and then the bottom 20% uh, is the menu system for uh, offense and defense, and then there's also a little information section that shows uh, what down you're on, how many yards are needed for a first down, uh, what quarter you're in, the time remaining in the quarter, and then, of course, the score. So uh, when the game begins, uh, you have to, depending on your if you're on offense or defense, you will have to choose. If you're on offense, you have, you have the option of kickoff or onside kick. And if you're on defense, you have the option of returning the ball. <laughs> Actually, I think it says ready. So you have the option of being ready. Um, if you have played hardball, then you are probably familiar with the play calling system that's built into fourth and inches. Whether you're on offense or defense, you have five choices, uh, and those are chosen by up, down, left, right, or just pressing the button and no direction. Uh, so you can choose uh, one of five plays in offense or um, – five plays in defense or five different defensive uh, lineups, I guess you would say. Uh, and so not to get into a lot of details here, but for offense, uh, you have the pro set, double tight end, double wing, shotgun with back and spread. And then as you choose those, you have different choices below that. Uh, you may have different passes or running plays. Um, now here's where the age of this game comes through. One of the places where things obviously have been fixed and tweaked over the past 30 years, uh, and since this is such an early game, this is a really annoying <laughs> part. I won't say it makes it impossible to play, but it it's very uh, different than what we have now. Uh, let's say you're going to set up a pass play. So you would pick, let's say we pick a shotgun play, uh, and then we say, and then it, next it says, uh, um, who do you want to throw it to? <laughs> so let's say you pick the right right tight end. Uh, and so that's it. And so when the play starts, uh, all your guys run the play, and you're the quarterback. You control the quarterback, and you uh, are behind, obviously behind the line of scrimmage. And when you're ready to throw the ball, you press the button, and it throws it to the person uh, that you chose at the beginning when you chose the play. So there is no opportunity to change who you're going to throw to. So if that person has you know, double coverage or, or people on top of him or whatever, you don't have any option to not throw it to him. I guess in theory, you could just run since you're the quarterback, but, uh, but you don't have an option to throw it to anybody else. You can't change the play. Um, if you think about like Madden and things where each receiver is tied to a button and, uh, or you could do a handoff or anything like that, but you can't, you've already chosen in this version. Now, what makes this even more difficult is the fact that you are only looking at a very small portion of the screen. So when all your receivers run downfield, you can't see them anymore. <laughs> so I want you to imagine this. Uh, 
You say beforehand, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw it, you know, a Hail Mary, a pass all the way down to um, the left wide receiver. You say go. You hike the ball. All your receivers run off the screen, and then you're just kind of standing around like, huh, I wonder if they're open. <laughs> I wonder if they fell down. I wonder if they ran down there, you know. And so eventually when uh, the defense is about to uh, to tackle the quarterback, you press the button. And then you throw the ball, and then the screen zooms, you know, it kind of fades in, and then it will zoom to wherever your receiver is, and then you're like, oh, well, that guy was under triple coverage. I guess I wish I hadn't thrown it to him. <laughs> but you don't know. You don't know if there's anybody around. You just throw it. And so that um, makes it very difficult to uh, complete. Uh, now, if you're doing medium passes or short passes or uh, running plays, it's easier because uh, this sounds – like I'm being sarcastic and I'm only sort of being sarcastic, but those are easier because the action takes place where you can see it. <laughs> so when the other times, if you do any kind of long pass, anything that's more than 10 yards, five or 10 yards, um, you're doing it off the screen. And so you just kind of cross your fingers and, and haul the, you know, throw the ball and hope for the best. Um, on defense, the play calling is, uh, the same. You have five choices. You have the three, four, four, three flex nickel and short defense. Um, and then after you pick that, you can choose if you want to defend, um, you know, to the left, to the right, no blitz or, you know, blitz or whatever. Uh, and then you pick which character, uh, or which player you're going to control. So let's say you do the the left tackle. So you're the guy all the way at the top of the screen, if I'm on the left-hand side. So I would be on the left-hand side of the light of scrimmage. So I'm all the way at the top of the screen. Uh, the uh, computer hikes the ball, and it's a handoff to his left, which means he's running now to the bottom of the screen. Well, too bad. You're just not involved in this play. <laughs> there's no way to run all the way from one side to the other, and there's no way to switch players manually who you're controlling. Now, sometimes, how to explain this? Let's say uh, there's a couple of guys uh, together. You're, you're the um, left defensive ends, and you're controlling one of those, and then you see those guys, his wide receivers, they go out, and so you just start running. Now, of course, you are supposed to be covering a person and blocking them or stopping them from catching a pass. But again, this is all taking place off screen. So you have no idea where your guy is running. I mean, you're supposed to be controlling him and you're just running off the screen, hoping that the other guy is running in a straight line, which he almost never is. The quarterback throws the ball. The screen zooms out, zooms into where the action is. Now, all of a sudden you see that you're in the wrong place. Um, and the other guy catches the ball and starts running with it. Now, each time he runs, the screen is not scrolling. It is a static view of, of the play field. So as he runs off, it stops, it zooms out and zooms back into the next portion of the field. Um, sometimes when that happens, it changes the person you're controlling when you're on defense uh, to a person that's closer to the action. But it didn't seem to always do that. A lot of times, my guy was just off running somewhere uh, and nowhere near the action. So there's a, it, it seems amazing <laughs> in a football game that a lot of times you'll be controlling somebody who's not on the screen. Um, and I wish that I could blame the uh, serious butt kickings I got from the computer on this. Uh, but normally in these type of games, the computer, uh, when they're playing defense, is doing so much better than I would be doing. Uh, I mean, the best thing I can do is get out of the way. 
So a lot of times what I would do is just play um, uh, like the, the middle linebacker and then not move or run towards the quarterback and force him to throw it. Um, and that seemed to work better and let the computer <laughs> do more of the defense uh, than I was doing. There aren't a lot of sound effects. There is some music. You'll hear the uh, – it plays charge, the da-da-da-da-da-da. And um, – Yeah, like that. And uh, uh, you'll hear some crowd noises that seem to cheer no matter what's going on. Um, So they cheer if you catch the ball or if you don't. Um, They're not particularly choosy as to what they cheer for. Um, But there is, like I said, that music. Um, there's also punting. Uh, if you decide if you're now, if you're, if you know me and football on fourth and 10, I go for it. I'm not one of these guys. I'm not a wimp. (laughs) I'm not a guy that punts on fourth and 10. I'm going to still go for it. But if you are, or as the computer is, uh, then you will punt and, you know, modern games have a lot of things like, uh, uh, punt to the left or to the right or whatever. No, there's none of that. Uh, there's just press the button and you punt. And on the other side, even though I did, a lot of times, like I would just choose blitz as my defense. Like they're, they're on fourth and 10, the computer's on fourth and 10. So I choose blitz. Um, and then he punts and then somehow I had a guy back there ready to catch the ball. Uh, so good for us, I guess. And I mean, it, it seemed to uh, save me from myself, if that makes sense, uh, because I certainly didn't send anybody back there to catch the ball. Um, I did notice that there doesn't seem to be a way to down the ball. So I caught the ball pretty much at the back of my own end zone. Uh, but you have to run it out anyway. So good news. I got to about the four yard line before, <laughs> before I got, uh, demolished by the defense. Uh, there is no referee in the game. And so as such, there are really no penalties in the game, although there's not any way to, to commit a penalty either. Uh, so, so that whole aspect of the game, as far as, uh, penalties and such, uh, there is one way to get a penalty and that I read in the manual, which is, um, if you press the space bar, you go to the coach's menu. And so if you press the space bar, you have two different options. One is to change your players. And so you come with, uh, I, th- I believe you have 22 players per team. You have the 11 that start your 11 starters, and then you have uh, a backup for each one of those people. And so uh, this game in that aspect, and this is a part of the game that I've never done before, but it is somewhat deep, I guess, um, if you want to change out different players and and, uh, if one's getting tired and this and that, is something that you can do. But uh, you can can change out these people at any time, but if you do it and you don't call a timeout, then you could get a five-yard penalty. You can also call timeouts for this. But if you press the space bar and you just sit there, then the game is stopped. So I would only call a timeout, like if I had to go to the bathroom or get some more Rotel cheese dip. But you can just press the space bar. Of course, if you're playing an emulator, you can pause it anyway. But if you're playing on a real 64 and press the space bar, you go to this other menu and everything is stopped. So you could do that and then just return to the game uh, and then not have to use – one of your timeouts. Now, uh, like I said, there are um, uh, 22 players per team, and they are ranked. uh, And they go from speed to fast, quick, steady, solid, strong, tough, and then big. So that is the, uh, the ranking of your players. 
So, in theory, if you had a reason to put in a, a faster player for a player, a slower, a stronger linebacker or something, like I said, this is something I've never done with this game, but um, but the option is there. Now, the one thing is, is when you go and you actually look at the names of the players, there are some funny names in here, and I'm just glancing at the default uh, roster that the game starts off with. But on the All-Pros, uh, the quarterback is Willie. Willie Pass. <laughs> is followed by a fullback Mack Truck. And uh, I'm not going to read all the names here. And some of them don't, uh, like Flash Darling. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Tyrone Harris. So some of them aren't really funny. Here's Harry Lips. Here's Woody Blitz. Um, Tank. This is my favorite one. His first name is Tank. His name is Tank Salat. So his name is Tank Salat. <laughs> Um, on the uh, champs, I'm just, uh, going through here real quick. Uh, there's really, really quick geriatric. Uh, my favorite one on the champs is Hugo Long. <laughs> there's also RM Pitts or Arm Pitts, uh, Red Dog, uh, Slim Dixon. Are you there? <laughs> and Sly Fox. So there's some funny little jokes in there. Um, uh, these are, uh, as far as comedy goes, about the level of uh, Bart Simpson uh, prank calls. Can you check for RM Pitts? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's get on to other reviews of this game. Now, I, I was surprised when I looked online at other classic reviews of fourth and inches because some of them rate this game really high and some of them rank it like very middle of the road. In fact, even below 50%. And what I found was that most of the high reviews were from American based magazines. And that makes sense because this is American football. Uh, Zap, gave it, well, Zap's a bad example, but Zap gave it uh, 90 out of 100. Your Commodore magazine gave it 89 out of 100. So there's a lot of, you know, eights and nines out of 10 type ranking for this game. And then if you go to some of the European magazines like Commodore User, Commodore User gives it five out of 10. And all the ones that were four out of 10 and five out of 10 start off by explaining that this is American rules football, <laughs> not rugby and not soccer. So I think um, your enjoyment of this game is definitely tied to the fact of whether or not you like American football, which kind of makes sense. Um, also, I found that uh, all the reviews are definitely time sensitive. In other words, uh, the reviews back in the 80s were very high for this game. The reviews that people play today are pretty low for this game. And there's been a lot of advances in football uh, in regards to video games, uh, the ability to do different types of play calling and graphics and, and things like that. I mean, you think about the Commodore 64 is designed to have eight sprites on the field. So to have 22 players running around, you know, it was a pretty big technical feat back then. Um, now, not so much. I mean, if we play a football game, we expect uh, all the players <laughs> to be out there, you know? So um, definitely, I think people that are used to modern football games might not uh, appreciate this one uh, as much as we did back in the day. Fourth and Inches by Accolade was originally released for the Commodore 64 in 1987. In 1988, the following year, it was released for the Amiga, the Apple IIGS, 
uh, DOS. And I've read, I keep seeing references to the Macintosh, although I have not been able to find a specifically Macintosh version. So that may or may not be out there. And sometimes, like I saw um, uh, an Apple II, it said there's an Apple II port. And I couldn't find an Apple II port, but I think they're referring to the Apple II GS, um, which in my head is different. Because when I, when I think Apple II, I think, you know, 2E uh, the earlier Apple II machine. So I'm not sure if on them, if they're saying the Macintosh version could run the 2GS one. I, I just don't know. I couldn't find a link to the Macintosh version. Um, I checked out some of the other ports on YouTube and uh, all the 16-bit versions, the Amiga, the DOS, the 2GS one, they all look fantastic. And they all look, unfortunately, much better than the Commodore 64 one, mostly because uh, the players on the field have more detail and more colors. Uh, the Amiga and the 2GS versions also sound better than the Commodore 64 version, which is to be expected. Uh, the DOS version sounds terrible. It is a PC speaker uh, version, and so if you want to hear it beep uh, a version of Charge at you, then that's fine. But other than that, uh, I, I can't recommend playing that. Uh, also, in 1988, there is... Um, uh, the fourth and inches team construction disc was released for the Amiga, DOS, and Apple, but not for the Commodore 64, which is terrible because uh, that's the the second program that allows you to create your own teams. And and um, now there were unofficial uh, utilities that were released that would allow you to hack the teams and create your own team name. So if you wanted to make, you know, the Chicago Bears or Dallas Cowboys or whatever, or if you wanted to make your own silly uh, teams with funny names and stuff like that, you could do that, but not on the Commodore. You couldn't do it with, um, there was no official release for that construction disc. Now there is, if you get the, uh, if you look online for the Commodore, there is a fourth and inches season maker. And I haven't really messed with that, but I looked through it, some screenshots, and apparently it looks like, you know, setting up an entire football season and tracking the stats of different teams and things like that. So that if you're really into football, you might check out uh, the Season Maker for Fourth and Inches. That is all I have about the ports of Commodore 64. And now let's get into my personal memories. I don't have a lot of personal memories about this game. I mean, basically what I remember is this being the de facto uh, football game for many years for the Commodore 64. I, uh, my neighbor had a Nintendo and he had Tecmo Bowl. And this really reminds me of Tecmo Bowl for the Commodore 64. Now, there were other football games that followed this. Uh, this game came out in 87. In 1988, Epics released uh, Street Sports Football. In 89, Electronic Arts released John Madden Football. And then in 1990, CinemaWare released TV Sports Football. So there were other football games that came out. And, and um, you know, as the years went by, some of them had better graphics and better sound. Uh, but, um, as far as just playing, um, you know, side by side, regular football, this was the football game that I remember playing, uh, for a couple of years. For graphics, I have to give fourth and inches three out of five touchdowns. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Obviously, 
Uh, the sprites are small, uh, and they're not as detailed as they are in other versions of the game, but, but it's definitely passable for a football game. Uh, for music, I also give it three out of five touchdowns. There's not enough of it to give it uh, a higher ranking, but the music that is there is pretty good. Uh, for sound effects, I give Fourth and Inches two out of five touchdowns. Uh, the sound effects are pretty sparse, uh, few and far between, but they're not uh, offensive, which is what it would take to get a one out of five. Um, and for overall gameplay, I'll give you two different scores. If you're not a fan of football, uh, and or if you have only played modern football games and you're not interested in a retro uh, sports title, then I will give this three out of five. I would say you could take it or leave it. If you are a football fan and you want to see uh, what old football games were like, then I'll bump it up to a four out of five. Obviously, uh, the Commodore 64 has limitations, and I think this operates pretty well inside those limitations. So if you are going to look for a football game, then this might be the one that you want to play. Thanks again for tuning in to Sprite Castle. The next game I will be covering is 1986's Druid by Firebird. If you'd like to play Druid before the next show is released, head on over to SpriteCastle.com and check out the downloads link at the top of the page where you can download Commodore 64 emulators and all the games that have been reviewed on the show. If you'd like to send me feedback about this or any other episode of Sprite Castle, you can email me at robohara at robohara.com, contact me on Twitter at Commodore. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SpriteCastle or leave me a voicemail on the Flat Podcast Hotline at 405-486-YDKF. SpriteCastle is available from iTunes, Stitcher Radio, the SpriteCastle.com RSS feed, and through throwbacknetwork.net, your home for quality retro podcasts. To hear more podcasts from me, check out You Don't Know Flat at podcast.robohara.com and Throwback Reviews at throwbackreviews.com. Those shows can also be found over at throwbacknetwork.net. Thanks again for listening. Now it's time to go long, and we'll see you here next time on Sprite Castle.